I mean, yeah, we could replace the regular police with hot cops. I think a lot of people would be happy. Thank you, David. <laughs> There's the I petition. Mean. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four or just one, two, or three, cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have shown. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review television shows about everyone's favorite topic, learning lessons and marijuana and rich people's problems. I'm Woo. David Witzenhofer, and with me is the person who was too realistic for hot cops. Austin Gordon. <laughs> I feel like that's right. And the person who got a crocodile in spelling? Carolyn Maine. That's very accurate. <laughs> that worked itself out nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're reviewing Arrested Development, Season 1, Episode 10, Peer Pressure. But peer like P-I-E-R. Get it? Get Austin, it. Play on words. Yeah. I got it. Yep. Get it, Austin. <laughs> I didn't get a crocodile in spelling. Uh, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael's parenting style may be stressing out George Michael, while Lindsay's parenting style may be too lax for maybe. So Michael gives George <laughs> Michael the day off, which leads to George Michael having to buy pot. Meanwhile, maybe is in for a worse time as she has to spend time with Lucille, her grandmother. Not Lucille, her brother's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that'd be Lucille, too. I just <laughs> realized how many tongue twisters there are when you said maybe and George Michael, Michael. I know. <laughs> Michael and George Michael. And the the writer's written. room on this show must have been like... <laughs> uh, so, Carolyn... Yeah. What's your relationship with Arrested Development? I'm certainly aware of it. It was kind of a big deal. It was always on. I uh, definitely had roommates who had the box set on mm. DVD. And then one time when I was moving, I had the box set on DVD. I guess they didn't take it. And I, like, don't even watch DVDs. I do watch VHS. I'm all in on VHS right now. <laughs> Send me your VHS listeners. Um, I guess my relationship with Arrested Development is that it's cute and all, but I never liked it as much as my peers did. And I'm speaking, of course, of the wooden boat path. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's good. It's there, but like, I, it's not a hit for me, but it's good, and I can recognize that it's good. It's very dense and clever. It's got a lot of good performances. But yeah, I'm not like the rabid fan. Mm. Are you, Austin? Oh, nice, uh, nice segue there. Segue! Um, I am, by that estimation, probably more of a fan of, than you, uh, but not, I guess, a rabid fan. And I say that only because I have watched the 
uh, full network TV run of Arrested Development, okay. but I have not gone and watched the uh, subsequent Netflix seasons. The and new read they did yes. two Netflix seasons and a movie, maybe? Wow. Um, I don't know if they did a so, movie. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. Or maybe there's a movie coming. The I don't know. Wow. There, there already there was like a rumored movie after the third season, which may have gotten turned into the fourth Two. season. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't watched any of the Netflix stuff, but I did watch um, everything that aired on Fox originally, and and quite liked it. Um, I, I watched. I actually watched it like as it was airing. It, it aired um, after Simpsons for a while, right? Nice uh, Seven thirty Sunday slot, and I actually have, for whatever reason, I have very specific memories uh, early on when my wife and I were dating of mm-hmm. uh, working at Barnes and Noble on a Sunday, and then getting done at like six or six thirty, and then going over to her apartment. And picking up dinner on the way, and then having dinner and watching Simpsons and Arrested Development and um, all that stuff together. And I don't know, like, we watched a lot of stuff together at the time, but for whatever reason, I specifically remember sitting in her apartment watching uh, Arrested Development on Sunday nights. So that's my hyper-specific memory <laughs> about uh, Arrested Development. So did this make you feel all romantic, like the days of your... It did a little bit, yeah. Aww. I was like, ah, like put me back to young love. Cute. <laughs> I well, I really like Arrested Development. I think it's funny and clever. I feel like it's has a bit it's of definitely clever like Seinfeld in it, in which you say you like it and you say it's funny, and then people are like, well, what's a funny line or give me a joke from there? And there's no real like gen genuinely like classic there aren't a lot like of classic punch lines that you just like say and then there's a joke and then it's just funny immediately it's always like setups that just like things all intertwine into wacky mm-hmm. scenarios by the end as we see in this episode too right Where sure yeah that's a good point there is i was just thinking yeah even like you know there's always money in the banana right. stand. Yes. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't a line that's funny on its own? Like, yeah. if you don't know the show, you don't know why that's funny, and so that doesn't really work mm-hmm. as a standalone kind of thing. The line I recall is, um, it's from Army Mother. I like that yeah. one pretty good. I'm Army. When he had those claw stuffed animals, oh, yeah, yeah. he went from the claw machine. <laughs> there was Army Meadows. A now repressed. I remember that yeah, one a lot for some reason. <laughs> and the meme is, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> he opens a box. Yeah. I I I liked when in uh, one point Michael says, "Job, I will not have you turn this mock trial into a." And then Job goes, "You were going to say mockery, weren't you?" Mockery. I was in trouble like three words into that sentence. <laughs> Oh, the whole Afternoon Delight episode. That's great. <laughs> well, that's that Anyways, yeah. we can talk about it. So, yeah. And I've actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> I ended up, I've started re-watching it. I, so I watched basically the first and second season, and I thought I kind of was hit and miss with the third season. But then upon re-watching, I'm like, oh, I have actually seen all the third, most of the third season, if not all. And then I watched the fourth season, which is kind of maligned 
but I liked it, but that might be a case of the fact that I was told how awful it was before I ever watched it, and then I'm like, well, it's not, like, <laughs> terrible. It's not like The Pits here. So. Oh, The Pits. Was that the, the Netflix redux? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, like, okay. a, season four was Netflix, and then they did a season five, and I have not seen season five yet, but I because since I'm doing the rewatch now, I probably will, but... <laughs> So this show is very acclaimed, and it is funny mm-hmm. that it never got more than three seasons because, yeah, I think especially for the time, it was one of the better comedy shows. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very acclaimed, very funny. It has a great cast. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. What it was, there, it was I'm sure. yeah. stupidly low-rated when it was on. Mm-hmm. Like, it yeah. was one of those shows. Back when, back when things being low-rated was a detriment and not just everything is low-rated mm-hmm. like it is today. Yeah. That, I just remember like those were one of those days where, like every season it was on the bubble and you just really hoped it would come back and Fox didn't really believe in it and they kicked it around because it was on after Simpsons and then they tried to I think they moved it to like Tuesday nights mm-hmm. or something like that and it just oh, bombed yeah. even harder there and, and yeah. this episode is actually pretty good and self-contained but it's also one that benefits from like a series that benefits from watching like from the start because there's a lot of recurring jokes and things that are set up in previous episodes and then kind of pay off later or they that they just foreshadow that just brings it all together better it was yes, definitely yeah and it was definitely ahead of its time in that regard mm-hmm. like it it came out just a couple of years too early for the advent of like netflix streaming and whatnot where tv started to change and get more serialized and even comedies and yeah, stuff and yeah. like you could see if this show had come out like as a Netflix original mm-hmm. um, on its own, like it would have been like a huge mm-hmm. cult favorite. And at the same time, maybe this has helped usher in that era too, even though it was low. Grade, right. Mm-hmm. You know, Certainly probably yep. influenced yep. writers too, as to what they want. Definitely. And, you know, getting, being a critical darling. Now, of course I'm also aware of the controversy with this show that kind of happened when the Netflix huh. came out. Which is basically what Jeffrey Tambor is a terrible person to be around. Is that oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it boiled mean. down to. It's, it's not so much controversy around this show as it is uh, <laughs> any show that Jeffrey Tambor is involved with, because it sounds like he's a garbage person. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's terrible to be around if you're a lady, especially, which is extra, extra rude to, to ladies who are nice. Like, maybe one of the ladies who's in this show, who is kind of the reason for the episodes. <laughs> Big shout out, Jessica yeah. Walters. That's her name right well that's kind of the journey <laughs> yes that's the journey i kind of went yes. on with this yeah well it's like so jeffrey tambor was a garbage person and i know there became some controversy because it all kind of came up on, during an interview with the entire cast and then jessica yeah. walters broke down and then like jason bateman did kind of some half-ass defending of jeffrey tambor which is not great and that i hate that created <laughs> some i mean i i don't think he's a garbage person but that's Kind of a garbage thing to do, I guess, which is a little bit of a different... I just can't abide centrist because, yeah, you know, know, they end up leaning downward. That's <laughs> yeah, what they're doing. It's, it's on I purpose. think it was very it's much like, level. I just want everyone to get along. And it's like, well, sometimes you can't. You got to take a stand. But yeah, I mean, that... David gets it. Yup. Didn't work. And so that created more problems. But then, yeah, but then when I think about it, so it's like, should I just disregard this show? But then you realize, like... When you disregard shows because of garbage people, and it's going to be case by case basis, but at the same time, like Jessica Walters was on this show, and I assume she's proud of her work here. So now are we like 
throwing out like are we just doubly punishing the women for like working with garbage men and now we won't experience their works because of the garbage men and now i'm right yeah is that is that giving the garbage men like double the power and that's no offense to garbage men who are actual garbage men <laughs> and come take my trash away because I love you guys. <laughs> Those are the real cool garbage men. Yeah, yeah. There's two different garbage men. <laughs> Although there could be women yeah. that take my trash away too. I'm, I don't look thank out you, my window. Thank you, garbage women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double thank you, garbage women. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't throw out the whole show, right? Like mm-hmm. pretty much anything in media is... Has a bad actor who's a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean you dig you know. deep, you dig deep enough, it's hard to find anything. That's, that's kind of uh, where you f- I also fall down on, which doesn't always feel great when you're like, well, everything's trash, so I just don't even worry about it anymore. <laughs> you're like, well, I, I. right? I mean, worry about it. We said Tambor was a bastard man, so that's good. We got it out. Oh, I don't think yeah. we even mentioned on our Seinfeld episode that Jerry dated a 16 year old when he was 36, married really? her. Uh. So that's weird, Jerry. <laughs> that, Real that's weird. weird. <laughs> That's a big frowny face from me. Yeah, I don't know. Just reminds me of Woody Allen, and I'm like, is there any connection between him and Woody Allen? Is that what's going on? I don't don't think Jerry's as bad as Woody. Oh, God. Did anybody else watch that? It's a huge HBO. It 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 made me so mad at Yale, but you don't need to watch it. You just believe her, right? That's kind of why I didn't watch it, and I I heard that it didn't uh, didn't really tell us anything you didn't already know if you'd been paying attention. And so I was like, I don't don't need to, like, deal. I I don't need to watch this raw, unfocused reckoning. Like, he's a terrible person i understand that well, it's I mean, really gross and, guess, and scary woody, yeah. woody allen's an interesting person to bring up which kind of connects like i'm sure there's also a sect of people who have not seen arrested development and then kind of resent everyone saying they should see arrested development and then they hear that jeffrey tambor is a garbage person and that gives them the permission to just be like well now, <laughs> be, now i can just not watch it which kind of reflects on me where i've not actually seen a single woody allen movie and now oh, I feel like you. I can just be like, yeah, no. That's no, so smooth. <laughs> now I don't have In to these anymore. days, right? In these days of ultra media saturation, anything yeah. you can do to get that watch list down, I yeah, do not exactly. mind. I can just be like, I can, I don't have to feel like an uncultured plebe. I'm just a woke viewer, you know? <laughs> there you right? go. We've, we've, the, the, the tables have turned to where instead of like, Oh, what's a good show that I should watch? Like we have enough things to watch. We yeah. can find excuses to not watch yeah, things. Exactly. Start eliminating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of with House of Cards too. That worked. That worked out for me. Uh-huh, oh, yep. I'm man. like, don't have to worry about ever going back to check that out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I long, uh, I long resisted watching Annie Hall because I carry a grudge for it getting the Best Picture Oscar. Uh, instead of Star Wars, was that against Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, but now it's not petty and and yeah, yeah, uh, you're just being uh, woke. ignorant of me. It's just I'm just it's Woody Allen. I don't watch Woody Allen movies. Mm. A big point they make in the HBO Woody versus Pharaoh is that like it is super weird how many of Woody's movies are just like, and then the 16 year old dated me, a 14 year old, yeah, and she liked it, and I let her down easy. Yeah. That wasn't good at all. But yeah, I feel like know, there's imagine. movies where he's like, I just need to wait till my girlfriend. Gets it's out of high school or something and it's just like right oh, scary. Like, that's just and it is and he groomed all of us and i remember watching woody allen since we're on this tangent mm-hmm. as like a 16 year old and i'm like this is kind of weird but i want to be cultural yeah, i want yeah, to be yeah, cool yeah. like a new yorker so i'm going to like mm, shelve this or whatever and it's similar to like 
Ghost World, the movie, when Thora Birch dated Steve Buscemi. Like, what are we doing here? This wasn't <laughs> even in the comic. Why? Mm. Why? Why? But whatever, right? <laughs> you, <sighs> sometimes you still want to watch the movie, even if it's I bad. Know. But yeah. you don't have to watch Woody Allen, David. They're maybe not even that good for all the child <laughs> yeah, molestation. I, I assume some of them are good, but yeah, I don't know if it's worth it now. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like I said, is this is where it comes on an individual basis, where I don't think I could watch a Woody Allen movie, especially since he stars in them, and just not think of that <laughs> the entire time, and that's going to ruin the experience oh, yeah. anyways. Right? He's like, so gross and scary once you see through that little yeah. mask. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof. Yeah, there's definitely a difference when it's like one member of the cast is a garbage person. Mm-hmm. It, like to your point, David, like you don't want to not enjoy the performances of the people who aren't garbage yeah, yeah. people. Right. Versus when it's like a Woody Allen where it's like he writes and directs and stars. Like it's, it's star, you know, yeah. so much his vision that um, it's hard to separate that out. Harder um, yeah. to separate it out. Yeah, but everybody does a wonderful performance in this. We'll get there. Oh, yeah, Great they, cast. It's a yeah. Yeah, and we're good. you're go on, Austin. You uh, well, you picked this one because uh, because of the passing of Jessica Walters. Yes, recently, yeah. Right? Well, I picked Arrested Development, and then this one just yeah. seemed yeah most like a very special episode. Even well, we'll, we'll get into that. It gets a little like uh, <laughs> like Orobosi and and. Uh, uh, like third fifth dimensional at the end there i mean this is very this is very much not a very special episode but i don't think any it's kind of meta yeah it It gets very meta at the end there and our true fans know that we featured jessica walters on dinosaurs (laughs) so this is just a return to form for us Uh, that's another david episode too yeah i guess i could also note that in season three michael dates a mental uh, I don't even know the right term. Charlize Theron. Yeah. He dates Charlize Theron. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's that gets little, pretty hmm. cringe at times, though. That, that, mm-hmm. I don't know how well that yeah, is. Yeah, it's, de- it's depiction of the mentally ill. Yeah, well, not Yeah, Ill. is she's she a manic a, pixie dream girl, or does she have slow, a mental infirmity? Mentally challenged? I don't even know the proper terms these days, but yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. We can get into it. Uh, we start the episode with just the opening, which has some music in the background and a Ron Howard as narrator. I think this is for getting into the times when we didn't have great theme songs anymore. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's Arrested Development. whistle yeah, i don't know yeah, yeah. It, it's catchy, it gets me in yeah. the mood yeah, yeah, yeah and they use what a lot of yellow or orange mm-hmm. they definitely have a signature yeah yeah i mean it's it's tough to argue with ron howard narration but at yeah. the same time you, you wonder like could we have taken that opening narration and sung it as a <laughs> like premise song a la green acres or gilligan's Austin's island or right something like that. it is howard would have sung it, it it's really right tough there. to like Except that now that you're used to what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And this is our first Ron Howard. We have not done Happy Days. Maybe uh, we'll never do did it. Did you know Andy Griffin? Griffith either? Oh, was did he it? in that? Yeah, he was Opie. Yeah. Oh, shit, I knew young that. <laughs> boy, he shot a bird at one point. 
Oh my god. We did that drunk black and white. That was Andy Griffith, right? No, no that was Leave it to Beaver. Oh, okay. Then no. Yeah, those are the two big ones. But yeah, I don't even think... I think originally the show wasn't going to have a narrator, and then I forget the sequence of events that had Ron Howard narrate. But I mean, it feels so integral to this show at some point. It's kind of become its own meme where people say what they narrate. So it's... Anyways, uh, so we start the episode at the Bluth model home. Uh, Michael, <laughs> George Michael is showing his test score of an A minus. So Michael is proud minus of that. <laughs> A minus, huh? You proud of me? Very proud. Minus. <laughs> Better go hit the books again. Get up there. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yes, which we'll note is a very dick move by his father. <laughs> and then maybe, who is uh, Lindsay, who is Michael's sister. Uh, they Everyone lives in the same house because, at, for people who don't know the premise, uh, there was a... They were under investigation by the FCC, I guess, so they all got, like, lost their money or their assets frozen, so they're just all living in this model home together. And It's, right. basic, it's basically like... It, a comedic spin on the family of Bernie Madoff. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Except for Lucille, the matriarch, who's Jessica Walter. She lives in her own apartment still, I guess. And then yeah, George yeah. Sr.'s Jeffrey Tambor is in prison. W- awaiting right. trial, I believe. Right. And it's kind of funny because the model home is like part of their real estate deal. They kind of belly up and they're yeah, just kind yeah, of yeah. squatting in it. And sometimes there's like shit wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. They'll like knock on a wall and it'll fall apart or sometimes for comedic effect. This is a show that's like it's very clever and it, set, it sets things up and, you know, you have to pay attention. But every once in a while they just go for the quick physical humor of like somebody falling out of a chair or something. And, Gotta do it. Always good for a quick laugh, you know. But uh, so yeah, so maybe who is Lin- Lindsay's daughter comes in and she has a C minus, but Lindsay is proud of that because she got it without studying. I mean, I kind <laughs> of don't disagree with. Uh, hey, C's get degrees, right? <laughs> right. That's a good point. They both go on the fridge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so that goes on the fridge, and then Michael says the standards of. The uh, grades for the fridge has gone down, but then Lindsay notes that in Maybe's old school, they didn't even have grades, and then they show an old report card in, like, some B-roll of, like, maybe getting, like, an Elvis, I think, was one of the grades. Yeah, <laughs> Elvis was for feelings. I really yeah. got that one, and an alligator in spelling, of course. <laughs> and then she got a C-minus in one of them. <laughs> right? Yeah, now she's in a real school. Yeah, I know. So she's getting graded. And yeah, just the whole cast is hitting me. Like, this was oh, yeah. Michael Sarah's debut, pretty much, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah, think so. He's yeah, he's a little baby, Michael Sarah. He's, yeah, he's so a got, little baby. I was going to say that. Yeah, we got <laughs> he's very, a little baby boy. We got baby Michael Sarah. Then we got uh, Michael, who is Jason Bateman that we see. And then. And he's a child actor, too. Yeah. yeah. This, and this was kind of his return, his return to the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lindsay's yeah, after, Portia yeah. De Rossi, is that her last name? Yeah, Ellen's wife. Yeah, who Mrs. is married Ellen. to Ellen. Mrs. the Ellen, not the other one, though. <laughs> I mean, we actually don't even, and now that I think about it, we never even get to uh, David Cross, who's in this. Yeah, no oh, Tobias yeah. in this he episode. Oh, he's big. He's a big I just feel like, uh, yeah, everybody was, almost everybody is somebody <laughs> when you see it. And they even have, like, a... Uh, 
characters that show up that recur and they're always like oh that's somebody i know that's somebody i know mm-hmm. it's just this right. is Will. This is Will Arnett's big breakout. You see yeah. him pop up in a bunch of He is of great in this. Mister Amy Poehler. Mm. Yeah, uh, for a while, enough to make while. some babies. Yep. Yeah. That counts. Amy Poehler showed up, and they got married on the show. So. <laughs> That's right. Aww. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cute. <laughs> Although he didn't want to be married to. Well, we're talking about this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, Michael and Lindsay are discussing their parenting styles, and Michael thinks bad grades could lead to drugs, and Lindsay says stress is what could lead to trouble. <laughs> and then Lindsay brings up that, uh, or no, so then that's when Michael says, you know, she rags on Michael for an A minus not being good enough. Is what leads to trouble. You know the kind you put on George Michael, even when he gets an A? Minus. And an A gets him ice cream. He knows that. See, you're as bad as dad with his ridiculous lessons. That's when Lindsay brings up the lessons that their dad teaches, has taught them over the years, which they have a flashback to in which apparently... Classic cutaways. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, George Sr., who's the patriarch, uh, he, he had a former employee who lost his arm during a construction accident named J. Walter Weatherman. And uh, so now he uses him to teach lessons to the kids. And the scene they show is that because the kids put an empty milk carton back in the fridge and didn't leave a note to say that the milk was out, George had to bring the kids on a drive to get the milk and then runns into a person who's J. Walter Weatherman, who then loses his arm and blood splatters from where his arm would be. The kids are screaming. And then... All because no one left a note. And that's what the man says through the window. He's like, always leave a note. That's why you always leave a note. It's so good. And... dumb. It's funny. Once you know that, if you watch the episode again you might notice Hmm. that on the fridge when they put the report card up is a note that says, we're out of milk, George Michael. (laughs) Nice. I I didn't even miss that one. (laughs) That's a good one. And then, of course, Lindsay's like, is that what that was about? I thought he was trying to get us off dairy. Anyway, so uh, then Job shows up, who is uh, Will Arnett, who's a brother of Michael and Lindsay. And uh, he says that he needs a favor because he got kicked out of the hot cop stripper act because he was too realistic. And then they have a flashback to him going to a motel as a hot cop, <laughs> pounding on the door saying, open up, it's the police, and then getting shot at. Yeah, good thing he dropped his boom box yeah, or he would have had his head blown off through the wind through the door. But because he didn't get the money for that gig, he now owes Hot Cops $500, apparently. (laughs) Which Michael gives Job for in return for a favor, which might come up later. I do love the Hot Cops subplot. It's rewarding. (laughs) It's It's enjoyable. I like the term Hot Cops for some reason. Right? It's so fun to say. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I thought Arnett did a really funny performance, just that little bit when he was at the hotel, like he was strutting <laughs> yeah. and like sucking yeah. in his cheekbones and uh, he was like sexual and aggressive. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see where that hot cop performance went. I know. Well, <laughs> the problem is the people in the hotel room couldn't see him come down looking like right? that. They only heard his right? voice, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Too bad. 
So then we go to Lucille Bluth's apartment. That's just how Walters, who has her own fantastic performance in this series, where she's just a... Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the matriarch who's just uh, always criticizing her kids. I'm trying to think of the right term, with just, like, little jabs every... Like, every sentence almost always comes out as, like, a needle she's inserting into somebody. And it's, right. She's And she's a perfect nasty grandma, which is something I can relate to, so I guess maybe that... <laughs> Ooh, shade on Mrs. Grandma Bitsenhofer. Uh, technically, it'd be Grandma Smith. But no, Smith, I get it, David. But yeah, she was... Okay, <laughs> shade directly on Grandma Smith, where yeah, it belongs. Exactly. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. <laughs> yeah, no, she is that kind of mean matriarch with yeah. all the little snipes and the passive aggression and the little mean things. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, just without identifying it either, I understand this trope as well, mm. for sure. <laughs> Uh, so Michael comes in and Lucille wants a favor because the FCC wants to know of any new purchases with the company. And of course, Michael is like, well, there are no new purchases, right? And she says, well, there won't be as soon as we doctor these receipts. And so, <laughs> and so Michael refuses to help because he's like the only one with like ethics on this show. So he's kind of the straight man, but not always. And the sh- Well, yeah, he's. He's the only he's the only one with ethics relative to the rest of his family. Yeah. Right, that's a good distinction. But at the same time, the show—I mean, even just in this episode, yeah, like the whole like I'm I'm proud minus yeah, shows exactly. that uh, <laughs> Michael is his own yeah. kind of dick. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. He just is a step above well, the, yeah, the mire just, yeah. of the rest of his family. Uh, and then Buster, the final of the four siblings, who is sibling, yeah. Is there, and he wants to visit his girlfriend, Lucille Ostero, also known as Lucille Two. his Liza Minnelli, right? Yes, played by American mm. treasure Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Whose mother was American treasure Judy Garland. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, she was Minnesota's treasure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's first. We owned wow. her. Mm-hmm. She came from here. I'm always surprised when you, you point out those, because I didn't know, but you sure do. <laughs> you... you you live in Minnesota long enough, you can get a short list in the mail of all of the notable <laughs> celebrities who ever lived here or briefly passed through here so that you can remind everybody yeah. of who they are. That's helpful. I bet you yeah. get a little discount on your house for all the plugs you do on your podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. We love Diablo Cody because she lived here for like two years, then got confused right. about how to feel when it turned out she hates Minnesota. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, we have a hard time with that cause it's like, wait, but... We claimed her as our own, but she doesn't like us. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. <sighs> Give me my celebrities. Yeah, I know. We need. We are star fuckers here. Um, so. <laughs> 100%. Lucille is. Lucille, too, is suffering from vertigo. And uh, that's all we learn, I think, right here. And Buster's going to visit her. And then. We also learned. Well, and all we see of her in this episode are her legs. Yeah. And she's like laying on the floor nauseous. And, well, we uh, do see her in one little montage, like her like yeah. holding her hands against the wall or something to like brace her. She like grabs a captain yeah. wheel. It yeah. might be kind of a joke. I noticed because I want a captain wheel as decor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got I, a nice I know one. Liza Minnelli got credited for the episode. Yeah. I don't know if you know she actually appeared in it. We or do not. see her briefly. Probably- yeah. A pretty yeah. easy shoot day, though. Mm-hmm. She's good at right. it. And it's great when she is in this and other episodes and she's doing her whole thing because she's 
She's Broadway. She's just oh, yeah. thick, yeah. thick ham. She really delivers. Uh, so we're back at the Bluth house. And now mm-hmm. Lucille Bluth is there with uh, Lindsay. And she, she's trying to get Lindsay to help her catalog the possessions. And also fat shames Lindsay. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't criticize you. And if you're worried about criticism, sometimes a diet is the best defense. Which comes down to, like, Portia is very thin, so you assume assume that uh, doesn't land on her, like, personally. But you at least hope so. Well, that's that's in that weird gray area where it's like no one's presenting Lucille as a good person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not framed as, like, yeah. Yeah, Portia, but at the same yeah. time, like, yeah, you're still an actress being told that, and you, you would hope that wouldn't affect her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, no. She's, like, very traditionally beautiful, so you don't feel that bad for her, but yeah. she still well, shouldn't have to take that from her mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, I mean, Portia's, like, supermodel. Yeah. To the point where, like, I don't even, like, it starts to become unattractive because she's so thin. (laughs) Spoken like a Minnesotaner. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You guys need your winter cushions. Right? Yeah, I gotta put your little meat on those bones to stay warm in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then maybe comes in and she has a D- and needs her mom to sign it. Or no, she, but then she calls it a D plus, and then Lindsay's like, "Well, that's a D minus," and maybe says, "Well, either way, it's better than a D." <laughs> <laughs> and then Lindsay realizes that she needs to teach maybe a lesson uh, about, uh, I don't know, being better at school. Grades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Studying harder. So basically, it ends up with her punishing maybe by uh, forcing her to help Lucille. Uh, go through her stuff. So she has to spend the afternoon with Lucille. Yep. Ganji's house. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Michael goes down the hall and encounters George Michael studying a math problem and insulting himself, calling himself stupid. And then Michael realizes that George Michael uh, might be a little stressed and might be overworking himself. And so he wants George Michael to take tomorrow off, basically, and close the math book, which George Michael struggles to do. He keeps his finger in the page. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Take your finger out of the page. He tells him that uh, if he doesn't get a good grade on this math test, then uh, he will lose, there will go his chance at Having getting a good job and living a full life doing hard work, which is <laughs> <laughs> what Michael has instilled in him is like uh-huh. the ultimate goal. <laughs> you really feel for the kid. <laughs> I know. And George and uh, Michael oh, yeah. Sarah obviously plays it so well too. <laughs> he does, and he's a little yeah. baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next scene is Buster just trying to help Lucille too with her nausea and then decides that marijuana is the answer. And they do a cutaway again. Yeah, they're good with this. Mm-hmm. And they're always doing it about, uh, Buster discovering marijuana's. <laughs> and he took part in a clinical trial where mm-hmm. he 
got to take a THC pill and then go to the our amusement grounds and do roller coasters, which is why I joined in the first place. Yeah, and I think we all want to get on this trial, right? 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 This totally. sounds really good. Now that I've got my vaccine, I'm uh, definitely looking at a THC roller coaster tour. <laughs> that sounds fun. And especially I want to like be found three days later chewing on a roadside attraction plaster donut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that looks the best of all. When Buster goes to leave Lucille 2, um, he leaves her a note. Oh, yeah, her yeah. Note, he left, <laughs> which, as the narration says, as he's been trained since childhood, he left a note. Always leave a note. A callback to the, the yeah. weatherman <laughs> bit. Have you guys checked? Are they always leaving notes in other episodes, too, of I course? I have to, I'd have to look for it anyway. Yeah, I would be curious though now to go watch some later episodes or even some earlier episodes yeah, and see if that's a if that's a recurring bit or not. I bet it is. <laughs> so then uh, we go to the banana stand, kind of a famous area for the show too, and uh, George Michael's working the banana stand because it's his day off. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you just you feel for this kid. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, speaking of roadside attractions. There you go. It's a stand shaped like banana, and they serve what frozen bananas or yeah. just regular ass bananas? No, frozen bananas dipped in chocolate is the. Mm, that yep. does sound good. Yeah, yeah. Right, I could go for one of those right now. And uh, yeah, so Buster goes to the toughest street kid he knows, which is George Michael, <laughs> and asks him to score him some weed for his girlfriend. And uh, <laughs> George Michael's like, "Why do you think I know how to get weed?" and Apparently, Buster reveals that the banana stand used to be Weed Central back in the 70s, I guess. And that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> because the banana stand looked like a giant yellow joint? Yellow. Yeah. It even it even inspired a, uh, a, a folk song. Yeah. About <laughs> meeting you at the yellow joint. Yellow joint, a big yellow joint. I'll meet you down at the big yellow joint. Uh... So basically, the plant, what Buster wants George Michael to do now is go to Job, because Job would know how to get marijuana and get marijuana from Job, but then Buster doesn't want Job to know that the marijuana is for him, so George Michael has to do it, because Buster gets teased too much about his girlfriend being elderly. Yeah, his girlfriend is the same age as his mother yeah, and I, has the same name. So draw your own conclusion. Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, <laughs> they they almost make this they make the subtext text in this <laughs> series right. about that. I mean, she's not there the entire time. But Buster definitely has a Electra complex, is that it? But um Yes. Yeah. She, he's yeah. the one that's been babied since birth. He's like the youngest and then Lucille wouldn't let him do anything and then Anyways, then Michael shows up, and he, Michael's mad that George Michael's working when he's supposed to be off. Of course, George Michael's like, apparently doesn't have any friends, it sounds like, because he said maybe it was at uh, his, their grandma's, and he didn't know what else to do then. And so Michael forces him to shut down the banana stand and gives him 20 bucks to go make mistakes, and then Buster jumps out to this way, here's $225, make some bigger mistakes. <laughs> We go back to uh, L- Lucille's apartment, and maybe is working with her gangy, and uh, 
Lucille's pointing out that some this piece of jewelry was for uh, Grandpa saying, oh, Melanie, when making love to your gangy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going through all the jewelry, and pretty much each one is an erotic consequence yeah, exactly. of adultery. <laughs> well, Which is funny good. on its own, but then also funny because she's telling maybe about this, <laughs> like her grandma. Right. Like, right. All the times Grandpa cheated on her. Well, then there's the one that she mentions that Lindsay always wanted. Yes, which was and, the au pair. And so then the au pair. Lindsay's and then, au pair, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then maybe kind of lights up at that, and she's like, oh, you, would you like, do you want this one? I want it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows that it was the one that her mom wanted. Uh-huh. I can't believe my mom thought being here would be a punishment. Oh, she thinks I'm too critical. That's another fault of hers. Ah, yes. The week we had the au pair. You know, your mother always wanted this brooch. Really? Do you want it? I do now. That'll show her for trying to punish me. Oh, pretty. It'll distract from the freckles. Yes, another (laughs) biting commentary Uh, for Lucille. uh, We go to the family yacht where Job lives, and George Michael goes to see Job, but he's not there, so what does he do? <laughs> he leaves After a he's note. been trained childhood, he leaves a note. He leaves a note asking for the weed. <laughs> yeah, it says, my friend wants pot right on the note. <laughs> when you don't leave a note, kids, actually. And I guess for certain people, this is back in the days when uh, marijuana was illegal for some unknown reason. I know. That really takes me back to the nostalgia. Oh, my God. Thank God it's legal in most of the civilized United States of America. Look at all this hassle that baby boy michael sarah has to do just to get a broadway legend stoned <laughs> david we're just lucky they let us drink booze I still know. well it's half legal here right yeah is it medical yeah, yeah. come on guys medical. come on I, that's start the petition know. david you don't have to convince us yeah, I, <laughs> I get i think i do i think you have to convince your co-workers and some of us got to get a little petition going right. pretty sure my local representative fully supports it. Yeah. What about you, David? I think I have the same local representative as. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you passed this time. Even when I lived in uh, St. Paul, I'm pretty sure they supported it too. So, up here in the liberal parts of Minnesota. So, yeah. So, Job finds the note and then snitches on George Michael to Michael. But, of course, only says it's $100 that he got instead of the 200 he got. Right. So, that's yeah. he took a whole 125 there. Unless yeah. Michael also, George Michael kept 25 for himself from the deal, yeah. which he should have. Yeah, I don't know. All the uh... finder's fee, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's <laughs> how it all goes. And then Job thinks that by giving Michael the weed that he bought, so he snitches on him, but then also got the weed, I guess. And then it's right. to Michael. <laughs> To give to George Michael, I guess? I don't know what is... <laughs> but then Michael's just aghast. Yeah, it's a little rude that Job snitches immediately. I thought he might be down, but Yeah, nope. you know, you think he'd be cooler. I guess it's for that favor that he owes for the hot cop. But he's, but he's also payoff. worried about George Michael because he did get an A-, so, you know. <laughs> 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 and he's the good one, yeah. So, Michael goes up to interrogate George Michael who just clams up and doesn't spill the beans but obviously lies like so uh, listen your uh, your uncle Job 
seems to think that he saw you down at the docks today. Was that you? No, no. Maybe it was the other George Michael, you know, the, the singer-songwriter? Yeah, that makes sense. So then uh, Michael goes back and talks with Job, who is now smoking the marijuana. And so then they start talking, and then they said they're going to have to yell at George Michael, but they can't because that's another lesson they learned from their childhood about yelling, (laughs) which then cuts away to their childhood as to when they're on a boat yelling at each other. And so <laughs> George Sr. couldn't hear the guy who's down by the boat as to whether he say start the boat or don't start the boat. So he starts the boat, which start, <laughs> which rips off. the guy's arm out of his side, <laughs> causing him to bleed everywhere. <laughs> Only to say, that's, that's why you don't, don't yell. <laughs> I like how, yeah, all the lessons just end with that one guy losing his arm. <laughs> I know. Well, that's where Very I'm like, effective. I could have looked at the dates. Like, did this come after the car one or before? Because he was like around. Like so shouldn't they have recognized him by that point? That he's like. Right. Like, I get when he's just get like a passerby. But like, he was like right. on the boat. So they had to have known. What was <laughs> well, yeah. And you feel like eventually they would just be like, why does the bad thing that always happens involve someone losing their arm? Well, I mean, it's always, I think they played off as the initial panic and then the realization, like, oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And so now we go to the prison where Michael goes to see George Sr., Jeffrey Tambor, who we talked about already, who does... And I guess at least most of Jeffrey Tambor's scenes are in prison. Yeah. <laughs> so at least he wasn't interacting with most of the cast most of the time. I know, it's kind of interesting. He, is, he did feel separate. I mean, he does escape at the end of the season, and then he's yeah hidden in the attic for season two, Emily. Right, but Jessica it. does not have to have that many scenes with him. I guess yeah. he still found time to berate her. I know. I know well, and then the other problem is then she starts dating his oh, twin brother. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. right. I mean, it's not George, but she is still having to deal and with And then he's on house arrest in your apartment, I think it's season three, so yeah. Yeah. There's enough time to be an ass, you know. Assholes always find there a way. There you go. I just sometimes think, like, is it that hard not to be an asshole? Like, really? Right. Yeah. It's almost more work to be an asshole sometimes. It super is. They, like, get off on it. They must. Yeah, it's gotta be rewarding. I wouldn't know. Anyways, uh... So Michael's asking George Sr. to get a hold of J. Walter Weatherman to teach George Michael a lesson. <laughs> and then George Sr. says, he's dead. You killed him when you left the door open with the air conditioning on. <laughs> <laughs> and that, like, does this classic Arrested Development. Uh-huh. Like, that's what's so great about the show is that, like, they don't do a flashback. Yeah, they, exactly. They've done that now a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've established like the rhythms of the joke, yeah. and so then they just work it into a line of dialogue. They don't draw attention to it, but you just be like, "Oh, that was another like, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one of the lessons I had to learn." Yep. Well, of course, you know, obviously he says Michael doesn't buy that, but then George Senior just uh, says that he's done teaching lessons. He says George Michael's a good boy, and this is during. George Sr.'s conversion to Judaism, I guess, where he's being very peaceful mm. and thoughtful and trying to be mean. But he also tries to make money off of it in the end. So, 
He tells Michael he has to go prepare for the Sabbath, and yeah. Michael points out that it's a Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, he keeps getting everything <laughs> wrong about it, dude. Yeah. So then we go to uh, Lucille's apartment again, and Lindsay comes in to check on Maybe and sees the brooch on Maybe, and she didn't give it to Lindsay because it's an elephant and she didn't want to invite the comparison. Lindsay's like, well, I'm going to take Maybe... I was going to take maybe, and then Lucy was like, no, we're having too much fun together. And she's like, well, we were going to get ice cream, but I guess not. And maybe seems interested in that, in which then after Lindsay leaves, maybe asks uh, her grandmother and says, maybe we could get ice cream together, but... Well, we could go get some ice cream, Gangi. That would be fun, right? I don't think so. That chubby little wrist of yours is testing the tensile strength of this bracelet as it is. And that's, and that's a little rougher since that's, you know, a child actress. I know. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Hopefully okay. that's all taken in the way it was. And so but her then, wrists aren't actually chubby, so it's kind no, of okay. I mean, she's very thin. I, I mean, she's young, she... but yeah, I mean, she is Right. Thin. I think she's fine. But then when they read her for her freckles, like, she actually does have spectacular freckles. Yes, so that's yes. kind of like, <laughs> but, So that one was real. Wonder, but hopefully like, she's I not mean, too sensitive about that, right? Right, I'm sure they cleared everything with her first. But yeah, the grandma's not nice and spend enough yeah, time with her. She'll criticize you, too. Like, even actually, like, big people don't tend to get big in the wrists. It yeah. takes a lot to get there. Oh, yeah. It's a bony I can bone part. Uh. Right? There you go. <laughs> I do wish I had, like, a grandmother who had a bunch of, like, very expensive jewelry, though. I would take a couple fat jokes just for yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> just some ritzy some state boutique. Nice antique jewelry. A lovely elephant brooch, yes. <laughs> so, maybe decides to leave while Lucille is in the other room, but what does maybe have to do first? Leave a note. Leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> Which says... Thanks for the gift. Love, Fatty. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so then we get a phone call between Job and George Michael. Or, no, Job and Michael, sorry. And I'm not sure what Job's supposed to be doing here. He's just like squatting he's on, squatting on the yacht. <laughs> I really like that yacht squat he's got. He's just bathing really too, like he doesn't have a shirt on. He's like just in like his swim trunks and. Squatting for some reason. I don't know. Right. It's a good look. <laughs> so my- he's, re- he's really good at layering on the sleeves. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Michael basically is calling in his favor with Job in order to teach George Michael a lesson, but they need the hot cops to do this. So. Aw, yes. The hot cops. <laughs> so you know, this hot is all going to go well. <laughs> Uh, so then we go to George Michael, who's over at Lucille's apartment, and Buster comes in, and he, Buster's pretty pissed that he hasn't gotten the weed yet. Uh, George Michael, or this might be at the house, doesn't matter. George Michael mm-hmm. is, like, uh, saying his dad's on doom, it's not gonna happen, but Buster basically, uh, berates him into still doing it. Because he needs his woman to get right. Right. He's kind of talking like a 70s drug deal. It's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Except it, it's Buster, so it never comes off as all that threatening. Right. The only person Buster could menace would be George Michael. Buster does say, I'm not it. essing around here. And I don't think essing is a real phrase, people. I'm not <laughs> shitting. Oh, I'm not shitting you, but I'm not shitting around. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> like, you should be effing with it. Yeah. Not good at swears. So then we go to uh, Michael and Joe. Uh, we go back to the boat on the pier 
this is where peer pressure comes in, right? And uh, mm. Michael and Joe, by going over the plan, uh, <laughs> that's where Joe says, like, oh, these guys are pros, Michael. They're going to push attention to the last possible moment before they strip. They're not going to strip, are they? I told them not to, but I can't promise that their instincts won't kick in. <laughs> that was my legitimate laugh of the episode. So do you think any of the hot cops are uh, are also muscle hunks? Yeah, you, mm. I mean, I feel like hot cops would be an offshoot of muscle hunks. Like, if we had musclehunks.com, we'd have a... Like a link or a sub page for the <laughs> yeah. hot cops. Yeah, you, you, yeah, muscle. you'd have like a sub page that's that's the hot cops. Mm-hmm. I think Derek maybe because he was a bad boy. They have a couple of them play the drug dealers before <laughs> they get to the cop part. Yeah, I like my muscle hunks bad and the unlaw abiding. Yeah, <laughs> but then some of the hot cops play by their own rules. Do you mm-hmm. think all hot cops are bastards? Uh, I know you. You can't watch these hot cops and think they're bastards, right? Right, right. <laughs> these hot cops were far too lovable. Don't reform them; they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, George Michael finds Job, and Job is like, "All right, I got to flash the lights to let them know the deal's on." And so, George or Job's acting all like tough and like. Making sure he's not getting followed in line. <laughs> Which is exactly still like funny it. for the time because this is just a weed deal. Yeah, I it know, was I know. illegal, but right. it's never this <laughs> right. illegal. Yes, and like we know Job already got the weed before and you assume this <laughs> wasn't some sort of like dark shady deal he had to like do in an alley while making sure the cops weren't there. He probably just like went to his called up his dealer and had him come right. But uh so then they're waiting for the drug dealers, and then they show up, and they're in like jorts and <laughs> like, like cut off. Oh teams. no! Here come the cops and a few construction. Well, that, that comes later. These are the drug dealers who show up first. And like, you got the pot, and he's like, and he shows off his abs for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah he like lifts up his shirt to show where he has like the the, the weeds, pot. Yeah. T- you know, stashed like- tucked into his belt. And then George Michael, you know, responds. He's like, yeah, that's nice, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And then the, quote, cops show up. And that's where Job's like, oh, no, it's the cops. And a construction worker. And, like, one of the cops has, like, short shorts on. And they're all, like, smiling through the whole thing. (laughs) And so then Michael comes out. And (laughs) George Michael just acts more confused than anything. Like, he never, like has an right. air of like uh, worry or anything he's just it all happens pretty fast but he just looks more like confused and then michael comes out and asks him if he learned his lesson and then the hot cops start celebrating that they taught george michael a lesson by by then doing like some sexy dancing and playing their boom box <laughs> that stripper instinct <laughs> kicks in well, one of them yeah. does like a high I'll kick pass. to celebrate and <laughs> Great. <laughs> Celebrates the lesson. Yeah, yeah exactly. this is a good lesson. And yeah, Michael's not scared. He's just confused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a good lesson that you teach with hot cops. I don't know. We should try it, you guys. I mean, yeah, we could replace the regular police with hot cops. I think a lot of people would be happy. Thank you, David. <laughs> I mean, there's up. the I petition. Mean, yeah. Uh, 
So then, like, uh, Michael starts berating George Michael about buying marijuana for himself. And George Michael's like, it wasn't for me. But then Michael wants to know who it was for then. And then, but George George Michael's not no snitch, you know. So he's not going to give up the name. Yeah, say that for the kid. He is not, uh, he's not snitching. Mm-hmm. But then Buster shows up and admits that it was him. And then they're like, well, why'd you have George Michael do this? And he says, because Job would... Because he knew Job would make fun of it, and then Job does make fun of his girlfriend, and then Buster just starts <laughs> beating on Job with Job's own hands, which was a callback. Yeah, the, the why are you hitting yeah, yourself, exactly. sibling <laughs> classic, that they were doing in the car before somebody lost an arm. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, they all, then Michael has to separate them, but then suddenly real drug dealers show up. Saying they got the signal from Job. Yeah, and so they are like, here's the drugs, give us the money. And of course they're like, well, we, this wasn't real, we were just teaching a lesson. And then the real cops show up on a boat. And then oh, no. they're like, what's Better going cops. on? And then the drug dealers think it's a setup, and Job's like, they're not real cops, they're hot cops. But he's confused at what cops are talking about. <laughs> and this all results in a big shootout between everybody. Oh my god. Going back and forth, and then somebody loses an arm in the fire flame. Which Michael sees, and of course he is like, somebody lost an arm. Oh. And then Jay Walter Weatherman says, And that's why you don't teach lessons to your son. <laughs> I love that that guy isn't even sore at, like, having lost his arm to that family. He's still going to show up and do armless lessons now yeah, for well, perpetuity. This is a spoiler buster, and I don't even know if they mm. knew this at the time when they, uh... I think they did. Yeah, you think this was, like, some weird foreshadowing? Because Buster yeah. loses a hand eventually in this show, and, uh... Then they to want... To a loose seal. <laughs> yes, right? That's, like, a seal. really deep joke that's really good it's dumb and it's smart at the same time i know and i think they set that all up beforehand when a few episodes earlier when you see beforehand uh, joe mm-hmm. yeah i know it is all very elegantly constructed yeah, there there's a whole it bunch is. of foreshadowing they do about even in that episode they talk about you know i want to touch my son's hand for one last time or for one time <laughs> anyways uh but then, so then in, after that, then there's another episode where they want to use J. Walter Weatherman to teach lessons and Buster is against it because he thinks people who have lost limbs should be used as props and these kind of things. Mm. Forget if J., where J. Walter Weatherman fell on that, but a lesson was <laughs> learned in that one too, though, don't worry. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so we go to the prison and uh, George Sr. says he did it. So Michael wouldn't make the same mistakes he did. He was teaching a Mi- Michael a lesson not to teach lessons. <laughs> you taught me a lesson not to teach lessons? I know. And this is just where the whole thing folds in. I where it's like our entire podcast like collapses into a singularity where we... Because he's like, you know, I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did, which is just a mistake he just did, I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he literally just made earlier the episode. To teach yeah. him not to make the mistakes he did, he made the mistakes he did. Yeah, I know. 
Everything starts. It was collapsing. his last lesson. But it was, yeah. He says it's my final lesson. Uh, we've we've watched all of these episodes and talked about what we've learned, and the lesson that we should have learned from it all was not to teach lessons. <laughs> That's a great lesson because it really clears us up, you guys. Yeah, I know. It really. Uh... It's really a lesson a lot of TV shows could learn, I guess, and that's that's what this podcast is all about: exploring the how. Right. <laughs> Never really learning works when you lessons. Try to teach lessons. Not learning lessons. <laughs> <laughs> the final scene is at the model home again, and maybe comes home and tells Lindsay that she's glad she's her mom, and it's kind of sweet. And then she gives her the brooch because she can't believe Lindsay had to put up with with Lucille her whole life. That is nice, and she's glad she's her mom, because she's a very lax parent, so that's fun. (laughs) And her dad is David Cross, not pictured, but he's there. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't even realize until this podcast that he's not in it at all, which is just, I don't know. Right? We all know. Yeah, I know. He's that famous never nude, which is another special episode. And that one they do foreshadow before you even learn about it, actually, but that's a... Anyway, right. yeah, I think they wrote it all down before. It's very clever with foreshadowing, and usually comedy doesn't do that—at yeah. least not like television comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The only one I can think of is How I Met Your Mother, but they screwed that up completely, anyways. Right. <laughs> uh, Austin was only half paying attention, so I didn't get him as riled up as I could have. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> Don't you, just you know have to, like, How I Met Your Father is coming out now? Aren't you excited? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start getting riled up about How I Met Your Father the minute it actually gets like ordered to a pilot, which would get it further along than like the three <laughs> other half-assed Himium sequel prequels yeah. that came around. So, no, and the other problem with you can't get me too riled up about How I Met Your Mother because it's really just like the end of how i met your mother that's really i mean there's you know plot lines and shit along the way that i'm not a big fan of but yeah it's just that it's just that last season and how they fuck over the mother at the end (laughs) that really gets me going that sort of negates everything that comes before because it's all just building to such a yeah it's kind of like well the problem is Mm -hmm. they had some clever foreshadowing but it all foreshadowed to a point where things sucking or <laughs> not being right <laughs> right and like a point of of yes ending it yeah, almost yeah. where it's like yeah. it builds up to this thing but then that thing isn't doesn't turn out to be the thing it was really building to and that's annoying and yeah but yes we do not need we do not need to get me ranting about how i met your mother <laughs> oh wow yeah that one is famously soured for its audience mm. <laughs> I have literally not watched an episode since the finale yeah, aired. It's a little tough. I yeah, because they wrote that first. You were saying yeah, and it's like the, they they made big mistakes because everything like if, changed. I'll flip. I'm flipping around channels because I'm an old man that does that, and it's it's on syndication and shit, and it's just like wow, awesome nope. channels. Mm-hmm. Nope, I can't even I can't even go back to like one of the earlier not bad seasons and watch an episode. I just I'm sure if one came on and I watched it, I, it would be fine, but like. And not, I, I'd argue that's probably. I know you're soured on it, but it's also kind of because of the foreshadowing. Like it's all building to something, and then it kind of like yeah. falls apart. Whereas right. if it was just a standard comedy where it's like, eh, it kind of got crappy at the end. You're not reminded right. of that in earlier seas- in earlier episodes because it's not foreshadowing to the end. Of- 
Right. It's like the title, that. and it's the series conceit, so if yeah. they fuck that concept up, right. what the fuck do they have left, yeah, exactly. right? Like, all that nonsense with Joey and Rachel at the end of Friends is huh. hot garbage, but that doesn't <laughs> mean I can't do watch, like, yeah. an earlier Friends episode and still find it funny, whereas... Because it was never building to that yeah, yeah, along yeah. the way, whereas How I Met Your Mother is, creates this whole, you know, architecture leading mm-hmm. up to the specific point, and then just completely drops. Is the that ball. because? Yeah, How I Met Your Mother and David's favorite Lost are the two that I hear the worst things know, about from both their of, audiences. Both of, we don't get, get rants it, from don't get both. Us going. I'm getting you going. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, meanwhile, I watch reasons, Dexter. I pretty much, you know. It is. Right? Oh, they're, they're basically just flip side. I mean, it's, yeah, one's a drama, one's mm-hmm, a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's the same structural problems. And meanwhile, I watched Dexter all the way to the end, and it got really bad, too. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I've watched plenty of <laughs> shitty shows it. through their shitty yeah, end yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, anyways, where were Dexter. we? So we're almost to the end, mm-hmm. and of course we get off topic right near the end. Uh, yeah, fine. Uh, uh, so we're in the model home. Oh, shout out to Michael Sarah's sport-themed room. This has been <laughs> cracking me up the whole episode. So it's basically like a model, and it's probably for like an eight-year-old, but he's like 14, uh, yeah. and it's <laughs> got bed, like sports ball. All decals all along the wall. I did this, notice uh, yeah. earlier on when George Mike when when Michael went into George Michael, Michael's Michael. room, yeah. he, he has the like like the the loft bed with the built-in desk which underneath is pretty sick. it, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing, which is pretty sick. But it just very much reminded me of like I I looked at that and I was like, oh, maybe I, we should get something like that for my son who's six. Uh-huh. Like, it just like did not seem like <laughs> right. a teenager's bedroom. <laughs> this would be a great. The uh, mm. bedroom for your six-year-old son. Also, uh, that there great was way Michael to show was... off how you can <laughs> uh, what what kind of usable space that room has. To yeah, any potential buyers, right? <laughs> Floor showing. Also, there's this really dumb poster that says basketball, and it looks like it's like cut out of felt or something that Michael was in front of. Was cut. Oh, and you like it's totally because it's a model home, so it's all yeah, generic. Yeah, like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like no one, you know, the the Bluth Corporation's not foot foot the bill to put like a. You know, uh, uh, Sacramento Kings yeah, banner in there. Or something it's not even like that. foot in the bill. You just, you know, you don't want to offend people who don't like the Sacramento Kings. Right, right. Or the LA Lakers. Generic basketball. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but I do like, so Michael goes in there and he's like, You knew the whole time, didn't you? Kind of. One of the hot cops is my choir teacher. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, that line always cracks me out. <laughs> Was it the one in the short shorts? You hope so, right? (laughs) I just like Uh, now George Michael's calling him hot cops, too. Right, one of the hot cops. (laughs) Say hot cops as much as you can. That's a good rule for the episode. Yeah, I love how the lesson just fizzled out for him, and it was just like a a confrontation with male strippers. Exactly. Really makes you think. Uh... And so then it ends with Michael's telling George Michael there's nothing that they can't talk about. And then George Michael's like, yeah, like if I had a crush on my cousin. Which Michael then laughs off as, now you taught me a lesson. Uh, George Michael. That's such a weird problem for him. (laughs) He does have a crush on his cousin. That's a... I forget, does that ever go anywhere? It goes all the way to the end. (laughs) Well, right. Oh, yeah, I should say. Where does that go in the end? I forget. Well, 
Um, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch. Uh, Please, spoil it. Well, they end up making out, and so then things... I think that's at the end of the first season, actually, and then things get awkward for them. Well, because then there's a whole subplot as to whether or not maybe is adopted or a blood relative. I remember that. And yep, so that kind of gets... Which, of course, just gets into the, this nebulous territory of... Uh, just because you're adopted doesn't make it not weird anymore. You know? Right, right, right. And then it goes all the way. It to... doesn't doesn't make it genetically fraught, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's right. not still emotionally or societally fraught. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. Well, you I mean... have to not be raised together for it not to be weird. Yeah, like exactly. if your parent married somebody else's parent and then they had a kid. You could date them, and it wouldn't be that weird. It'd only be, like, 10% weird. Yeah. But if you were raised together, exactly. then it's 100% weird. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all about, yeah. Genetics or blood relative is not really the issue. It's just when you grow up with someone, it becomes weird to be anything, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think they did, like, a study with orphans, and that, like, the orphans didn't even hook up when they were adults, generally, because mm-hmm. they were raised together, and you just get that, like, natural sibling-esque repulsion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have a strict non-fraternizing policy with our, uh, with our cracked research Yeah, with orphans. our rural orphans. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, I put on a glove, and I don't touch them. <laughs> I use, like, one of those graspy claws <laughs> through the grate. Clank, clank, clank. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then actually, I think they. Uh, then when George Michael f- believes that they're not related, he ends up telling maybe that, and then George Michael gets to second base. They make a big deal. He slid head first into <laughs> second base. Is what they use. Right. Oh, dang. <laughs> and then they then they <laughs> both learn an in intimate detail through a photo album that maybe is in fact not adopted and. <laughs> You can see, because they, oh, anyways. And so then. Birth photos? Yeah, fun. exactly. <laughs> By <laughs> Tobias, so that I don't think they <laughs> left oh. a lot to the imagination was the uh, joke. So he's okay with her nudity, just not his own. Yeah, okay. yes. And so then that makes everything super awkward between the two. But then, and this is all near the end of the quote series, well, the third season. And then they learn that, in fact, Lindsay was adopted, so then they're not related. Oh, wow. But this is right around the time that George Michael confesses to Michael about it. Finally actually talks to him man-to-man, which has been set up for, like, seasons of him attempting to say something and then not saying something. Trying to say it. So then he does, and then they have a little talk. He's like, well, you know, basically you can't hook up with her. And then... At the very end, George Michael's like, whoa, it turns out Lindsay's adopted. And then George Michael says, yes, but she's family and you can't, like, date your family, basically, <laughs> is the short version. Because family's the most important thing and things would get awkward in a relationship. Not to mention that it'd be weird because she's your cousin. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You cut all that out. I mean, that doesn't... I, 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 <laughs> have much to do with this. I just realized I didn't remember where that plot line So it went. is. No, it's interesting. I'm glad we didn't do full-on, like, incest. That's such a weird right. element. Yeah, I know. Right. Show. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird element, but it, it's also kind of like half the time you're almost rooting for George Michael to get together with maybe, and then you're like... Oh, totally. You're like, wait, no, no, right? no that'd be me. 
maybe this is just me, but I have a weakness for like unrequited love yeah, plot yeah, lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and terrible so that, shippers. <laughs> so you know the the inclination is to root for that, and then you pull yourself up short and be like, "Am I rooting for that? Yeah, should I, I be rooting for that? I don't think I should be rooting for that." Yeah, but my initial inclination is always to be like, you know, oh, he's you know loves her from afar, and mm-hmm. I want them to get together. And, yeah, and this and one this... doesn't seem as problematic as some of the like, I'm a nice guy, therefore. I deserve to be with you. Are you like, right, right. You, yeah. Like George Michael isn't like yeah. nagging her yeah, or, yeah. or just yeah. Doing anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, there's no sense of like, I've earned her because I was nice or whatever, which can right. be a little right. nauseating in its own right. Mm. Yep. Sure. yep. That's the latest episode of Cousin yeah, Romance. <laughs> Cousins Le Dangerous Pas yeah, Deux. What yeah. was that French film Le they Dangerous saw? Le Dangerous Cousins, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> uh, the only other interesting thing is there was no next time on Arrested Development, which was, kind of, which was oh, also yeah. kind of a staple of the show. Oh, yeah. Simply because what they did is it wasn't really a next time preview. It was more of like a post credit stinger or post episode right. stinger where they just bring up some loose ends or something that make you laugh or or even just progress some of the plot a little yeah i felt like something was missing when hmm. it like kicked over to the like end credits and mm-hmm. i was like wait isn't there like something here and then that's what it was it was the next time on that i was missing huh interesting i remember the because i remember watching the first episode of arrested development and then being confused why the scenes on on the next time weren't actually in the second episode and then right right finally realize they're being a little cute there and just showing you more it's a good bit okay yeah you need at least two to figure out the the gimmick yeah yeah exactly first time the first time it happens you're like wait did i miss an episode yeah i know i'm like wait that's how they get you uh uh so austin did you learn any lessons from this episode was it a very special one I learned the most important lesson of all, which is not to teach lessons at all. <laughs> is that the same for you, Carolyn? Did these hot cops teach you um, any sort of lesson? Yeah, I learned a lot about cops can be hot. And <laughs> that could be nice. And we could have a better life with legal weed, frozen bananas, plaster donuts, and cops in shorty yeah, shorts yeah. named Derek. Replace the guns with instincts- short shorts, right? And then... <laughs> Like, replace the gun with a penis. Yeah, with, Just with go a gun. straight to yeah, Chekhov's yeah. piece there, right? <laughs> like, if if their instincts have to come alive, it should be to get that hog out. That's 100% <laughs> where I'm leaning now. They'll defuse any yes. situation. That, that could cause uh, other kinds of problems at some point, but you know. Forget, I'm all uh, for it. <laughs> forget defund the police. It's more like sex up the police. <laughs> yes. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty special. It was like a metal meta version of special. Yeah, I know. And just just seeing all this cast here doing it is very profound. You know, it was a really dense show. It did not get its heyday while it was on, but it was a cult darling. Mm. Then it got its redux to less fanfare, and it has never like made me like gut laugh. But I watch it and I'm like, hmm, that's clever. <laughs> so it's kind of like a Frasier in that regard, right? Yeah, no, Frasier made me laugh hard, actually. There was a few, a few lines in this episode that made me actually legitimately right? laugh. I mean, the hot cops, they just I, get me for whatever reason. I, I did. I laughed. The one laugh I had was at the strippers' yeah. instincts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because that is, you know, you do something enough. If if you have a nail, everything looks like a hammer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, pretty fun. Pretty special. And pretty special not being special. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Walter, yeah. she had a big extra coming of age as an actor here in her, like, grand madame role. And mm-hmm. pretty much reprised it exactly in Archer. So Yeah. Yeah, she pretty much plays, bonus plays the same character in Archer. <laughs> right? She became that bitch, and she's good at that. Yeah. She's really good. Yep, I think I just second all the the sentiments in Hot Cops. Bang are awesome. There we go. Especially hot fire cops, feature hot, hot cops. Hot cops. <laughs> hot cops. <laughs> uh, where can we find you online, Carolyn? I am around, you know, um, eating big donuts and pulling away <laughs> pants. You find me on Twitter. Um, leaving notes about I need weed because it's legal now. Uh, and I'm Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street on Twitter. I am on Tum, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> on Patreon. <laughs> That's a thing. Get a postcard. Come check it out. And you can buy my part, my card game at pitchplease.fun. And that's why you always, um, leave a note. (laughs) Austin? Uh, you can come leave me a note on Twitter at Austin Gorton, and, uh, you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, and, uh, we have a Patreon as well, patreon.com slash G-O-L. You can... I will be testing a tensile strength strength of bracelets on my Twitter <laughs> at Doctor Bits. There you <laughs> go. Bits. We're gonna be testing them on David. Uh, <laughs> 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 we'll see. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have to go to the twi- tweets for. <laughs> and uh, maybe at the real gentleman of leisure dot com sometime. Uh, law and order. Law and law order. order. Hot cops. Law and order. <laughs> we are a very special episode podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod. You can check out our Facebook page and send Austin all sorts of notes, you know, about whether the milk's out or uh, what else? Like. Thanks for the gift, Fatty. You can just leave that note. <laughs> he gets it. It's Love fine. Fatty, I think it's supposed to be. So you can... <laughs> Anyways, uh, or you can email us at avsepodcast at gmail.com. For a very special episode podcast, this is David, and I will not be teaching anybody lessons. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode Ever again. Oh, this Yay. is our final lesson. This could have been our final episode then, right? This was... I it thought, could I, be. I, Let's I thought just about quit that. now. As <laughs> <laughs> we got to the end, I was like, this would have been a, not a bad one to go out on, just with the, the meta stuff going on. We'll refer people to it at that point, eh? <laughs>